The Denver Broncos conclude the 2023 NFL Draft. They went into the draft with five picks. They came away with six players. What do we think of the Broncos draft and how they did? You get that and much more. Today's brand new episode, Locked On. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NFL Draft is officially over as the Broncos and the rest of the league concluded the event on Saturday. As we mentioned, the Broncos headed into the 2023 NFL Draft with five total picks. They came away with six total players. I know some of you are really thinking out there, hey, the the math on that doesn't add up. But how did the Broncos do overall? We'll break it down in today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Welcome into a brand new episode of the show. Lockdown Broncos is your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team. Everyday shout out to all the everyday listeners in Broncos country for subscribing or listening on their favorite audio podcasting platform. You can also watch us on YouTube as well. Thank you so much. I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports. Join alongside, as always, by my co-host, my good friend, my sidekick, the trustworthy Sarah Bedinger, site expert on theorange.com. Sarah, my friend, the 2023 NFL draft is officially over. The last 48 hours have been crazy. I'm exhausted, but you know what? Here, Broncos country. They want a damn episode of the show to recap the 2023 NFL Draft. And obviously for the everyday listeners, what you can expect is upcoming week on the show. We are also going to talk about the undrafted rookie free agents that the Broncos signed once it becomes finalized. So you can expect that if you're an everyday listener. Sarah, my friend, the Broncos had a very, very, you know, it was, it was kind of a quiet day because of the depth between round four and round six. They had a productive day overall. And, uh, you know, they had their first pick in round number six. That's right. And it was JL Skinner, a guy that it may, if they had a fourth round pick, Cody, if they had a fifth round pick, maybe they could have taken him in those pick ranges because I saw a lot of sites out there, a lot of NFL draft publications. They had JL Skinner, the safety out of Boise State, had him going in the third to fourth round range. A couple of the simulators I use have him ranked inside the top 100 overall players. So I, I like this. And the reason why he fell to round six, of course, injuries or character is why guys typically fall right on day three well he had a pectoral injury that he suffered there in late february that could keep him out a bit i guess we'll kind of figure out as the offseason program progresses just when he's going to be able to get onto the field but you know what i can't help but feel cody like the broncos almost got an extra like little compensatory pick there in that fourth round range because jl skinner is that kind of player and he's a unique dude i don't know How many safeties the Broncos have had that are six foot four? I can't remember. I've always wanted them to to have one, you know, to see like what it would be like to have that big, you know, you remember those guys who used to play for the Seahawks. They they got all those. (laughs) The Brandon Browners of the world. Yeah. Brandon (laughs) Browners and the Cam Chancellors. This guy is cut from that mold and he comes from the Boise State Broncos. So look, he doesn't have to change really much uh, in terms of the colors that he's wearing may be able to be the guy who wears that number zero on the jersey as well. I'm excited to see him too. We had a we had a press conference with him, kind of a little conference called moments after he was drafted, and he talked about the pectoral injury. He suffered that right before the NFL scouting combine. So for those that are looking for his RAS score, obviously he didn't test because of that, but he also told us he's ahead of schedule in his recovery and that he's a month out from being fully recovered from that injury. So you know what? That is great news for the Broncos. As you mentioned, six foot four, 218 pounds. He is a thumper. And the more I watch some of his highlights, the more I watch it, I'm going to go back and watch it, you know, some more tape of him. 
He stands out in a big way for them defensively at Boise State. I might even have to ask you know our guy Brett Rippin a little bit more about him because he keeps up the tabs with his alma mater all the time there. I like this pick. You add a fifth safety to the room right there. George Payton told us after you know the draft that this doesn't impact really anything what they want to do with Kareem Jackson, right? Because there's ongoing talks about him coming back today. We're in conversations with his agent. We'll see what happens here. But right now, five safeties in the Broncos' back-end room right there. And he said he can play the free, you know, kind of play the middle of the field, or he's comfortable playing the box. He said he did both at Boise State. So there is that. Let's get to uh, where Denver was at initially. They were supposed to pick a 195th overall, but they didn't. They traded with the New Orleans Saints, and they got a player, not in the draft, but also somebody that Sean Payton coached, and that is tight end Adam Troutman, who spent time with the New Orleans Saints for the past three seasons, including two seasons with Peyton previously in 2020 and 2021. I'm actually kind of excited about this. Peyton even said in the the post-draft press conference that this was a move for a guy who can block and who can receive. So he is the hybrid guy that they don't necessarily have right now on the roster. And he didn't come out and say anyone's going to start. He said, these guys, everybody at the tight end position, including Greg Dulcich, they're all going to compete. So, I'm pretty excited about that. This was a great, I think, pickup for the Broncos as well. Like they moved to 257, but they're able to get a value player here, uh, you know, essentially in round six, who they viewed as a third round grade, essentially, when Sean Payton was at Saints. And we've talked about this before, but it's worth mentioning again. Remember, Sean Payton was previously an offensive coordinator way back when for the New York Giants. When he was there, yep. they drafted Jeremy Shockey and Dan Campbell. And those two guys ended up coming with him both to the Cowboys and the Saints. Not Jeremy Shockey with the Cowboys, but Campbell came with him to the Cowboys. And then both Shockey and Campbell came with Sean Payton to the New Orleans Saints. When Sean Payton got to Dallas, they draft Jason Witten. Obviously, you have those types of guys there. We know the tight end position is very important to him. We know that he likes to bring guys with him to his his different stops, right? He brought guys from the Giants to the Cowboys, brought uh, Dan Campbell, obviously, from the Cowboys to the Saints. And now we're seeing that he's bringing a guy from the Saints to the Denver Broncos, Adam Troutman. And there's a lot of interesting connections there, Cody. Obviously, the Broncos offensive staff going to be very, very familiar with him. And I love what they they talked about in the pre or the post draft press conference after everything, all the dust had settled and whatnot, talking about the fact that they really prioritized a tight end that can catch and block. They needed somebody. They said that that. They wanted to do that, that, to come in and be that kind of guy with Greg Dulcich, Chris Manhurts, Albert Okwebunam. They wanted a guy that could catch and block and play all those different positions, whether in line or flexed out. And they believe that Troutman can do that. And Sean Payton made a point to say they were comparing him as a former third round pick to guys that were landing in that third round range in this draft. So they were kind of weighing that option versus the guys that were available. That's why we saw the Broncos pass on the tight ends after round two and go for this trade on day three. Well, and then in round seven, they concluded the 2023 NFL draft and their selections at 257th overall as acquired by the New Orleans from the New Orleans Saints. Alex Forsyth, center out of Oregon, right? So, you know, after the the pre, after the press conference, we kind of came away knowing, okay, this guy projects to be a center, but he has position flex as Sean Payton and George Payton say, a guy who has at his time in Oregon has played left guard. He's played center. He's played right guard he's played tackle but he expressed that he feels more comfortable at the center position six foot three you know he was a guy that was voted uh, I think first team by the uh, Pac-12 all coaches uh, award whatever it may be there uh, a, a lot of accolades there but a lot of football he's a local product played in Westland he beat my 
former defensive coordinator who was the head coach of the Sheldon Irish. He beat them a few years, you know, dating all the way back, not a few years ago, but 2018 beat them in uh, the state championship game in Oregon at the class six, a level. So I remember that because I was rooting for my coach the entire time. And unfortunately they gave up, you know, too many yards on the ground led by Forsyth there on the offensive line. Physical guy is going to come in and compete with like Cushenberry, Kyle Fuller, and also Luke Wattenberg there. But it is nice to know that you have another guy that, you know, if he doesn't work out at center, doesn't win the starting job, he could be one of those guys for you as a depth option on the interior of that offensive line. And that concludes the Broncos day three of the NFL draft, their second day of the NFL draft, if we're being honest here. And I feel like they came away with a great haul. But overall, when we take a look at these picks for the Broncos, Sarah and myself and Broncos country, we want to hear from you. How did you feel about the Broncos final picks on the final day of the NFL draft? Let us know in the YouTube comments down below. If you're an everyday listener of the show as well, you can also tweet us on Twitter at Cody Rook NFL at Sarah Bettinger at Locked on Broncos on today's episode of the show though, we're going to share how we feel about these picks. You get that on today's episode of the show. This episode is brought to you by our friends over there at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market today. The bars are covered in 100% milk chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They have amazing flavors. And you know what? They're healthy for you. Each bar contains a jam-packed 17 grams of protein. It's only 130 calories. It has 4 grams of sugar. And you can get them locally at your local Walmart. You can get them at Sam's Club. Or if you want to buy a box online, you can go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your order. But if you want to go to your local Walmart, go to the pharmacy department and you can get a box of four Built Bars today. Or if you want to go buy in bulk, go to Sam's Club. You get a box of 13 Built Bars at your local Sam's Club. Built Bar, as we said, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Make it part of your daily routine alongside Lockdown Broncos. Well, despite not having any capital until round six, did the Broncos come away with some instant contributors in this draft? How are we feeling about these picks, about the Adam Troutman trade? Cody, I want to I want to pitch it to you first to ask how you're feeling, because I know that there there was really a lot of expectations, I, I guess, uh, from the Broncos fans perspective. If you're following along the draft on Twitter, as I know many of you listening did during the draft, you could see the fan base still has very high expectations for every selection. They want to, I mean, obviously, and everybody does want to find the best value at every single pick. You want guys that are going to be able to contribute because right now the perception is the Broncos desperately need instant contributors, whether that's a starter or not. Where do you land in terms of how did the Broncos do on day three of this draft? To be honest with you, I really enjoyed their day three picks and especially being able to talk to them moments like we're talking two minutes after they get drafted Sarah we get on a phone call in the conference room in Denver we're talking to them you can hear the families in the background celebrating supporting them and you get to hear maybe if they had any prior contact to the Broncos leading up to the process you get to hear about maybe how they project to fit how they think about guys like Russell Wilson playing for a coach like Sean Payton so on and so forth I, I like these picks here and I tell you what I'm super excited about all of them I want to talk about JL Skinner first I think for me he embodies maybe a guy that is versatile enough. You mentioned with his six foot four size, he's going to come down. He's going to hit. He could be a very, very useful player inside Vance Joseph's defense, right? But the expectation here, folks, I don't know if it's reasonable to expect him to play much defense here in 2023, but that's fine. We have to put things into perspective that the Broncos essentially, before they made any trades, their first picks were going to come in the third round. Okay. And with that, you have to temper expectations because there is development involved 
And as we preached about on yesterday's episode of the show, so many are caught up on, well, they needed this. If the Broncos truly needed those positions that sometimes maybe I feel, Sarah, or you feel, or or Broncos fans feel that they need, they're like, no, we don't need that, right? And and this is where I think trust has to come in. A trust fall exercise. I, I, I trust that George Payton, I trust that Sean Payton know what the hell they're doing. I trust what the scouts are doing. I think that Denver got some really good players here, and the expectation is, okay, hey, special teams, these guys can come in right away and they can boost the special teams unit that struggled last season. These are guys that can come in right away and have an impact potentially in a rotational role on offense or defense. You have to envision all these things because you never know how things are going to turn out. And I know Sean Payton made a great crack at this as well at the press conference. He said, tomorrow's my favorite day because we get to see all the draft grades from everybody in terms of, you know, these guys got a B on their draft. They got an F on their draft. He says, you know, my hope as a coach is, we feel really good about the guys that we took. But three years down the road, we want to feel great about the return in terms of what we're getting. And the draft is a crapshoot at the end of the day. But I do trust what short Sean Payton and what George Payton said. I, I like these picks. Skinner, one of my favorite guys. I think Troutman's a great addition to the tight end room. And he knows exactly what the Broncos want and what Sean Payton wants because of Declan Doyle, some ties there, and for Sean Payton in general, and also working a little bit with Zach Streif, who was a part of the staff last year in New Orleans as well. So for me, Sarah, this was a great day three for the Broncos, a great haul. I'm going to flip the question to you. How did you feel about this pick here? I mean, these picks overall on Saturday to round out the final portion of the NFL draft. I feel great about them, Cody. I really do. I think that it's so interesting. The conversations that I've been having the last few days, which is is so much fun, by the way. I love being able to interact with people in the comments, on Twitter, wherever it may be, especially while the draft is ongoing. A lot of the conversations that I had, though, is people wondering, why did we take players at positions we already had depth? Why did we trade for a tight end? We already had depth there. I just, I, I guess I would disagree in terms of where the Broncos are at in terms of having that depth, you and I talked about it and the everyday listeners will, will know this. We talked about the team really needing to go after the defensive backfield in this draft specifically because you're lacking depth there, proven depth. You cut Ronald Darby, you let go. I mean, Kareem Jackson, as of right now, as, as of we're recording this, still a free agent. You have guys that are just changing all the things are changing all the time. You don't always have depth just because you may have the starting lineup penciled in. So I like that you get a guy like JL Skinner. As you know, we talked about with the the pick of uh, Drew Sanders, the the third round pick out of Arkansas. We talked about the positionless aspect of defense in the NFL and being able to float him between that off ball linebacker playing on the edge. What about JL Skinner as somebody that can play uh, a deep safety or can come down into the box, can blitz, get after the quarterback with a six four defensive back coming after the quarterback? That's, I mean, I think that sounds like a ton of fun. People always want to talk about who's going to be the the person to come in and finally be able to cover tight ends. What if <laughs> JL Skinner with, you know, six, four, I mean, we don't, we didn't get to see what he could do at the combine because of the injury, but what if he could go out there and be that matchup, you know, player at six foot four, 210 pounds. I'm interested by all the, the ideas that the Broncos just simply didn't need the guys that they took. I think that that's, you know, when you're picking not until the third round or uh, specifically as we're talking about on day three, you're not picking until round six. Why are we even talking about needs at all? I think the Broncos just need good players, right? That's what you that's what you need to do in the draft at any point is get good players. I think they did that. And I love that you brought it up. You get a tight end 
that has experience in this offense. He played, uh, I think it was close to 700 snaps the last time he was with Sean Payton in 2021. He was kind of ascending in his role there with the New Orleans Saints. So you get Skinner, you get Troutman, you get Forsyth. It's a small group. But I think the Broncos got guys that can contribute. They can give you depth at key position groups that can give you like Skinner. He can help you on special teams. Troutman's going to play a lot of football for the Denver Broncos. And the, I think the same is really true for everybody in this draft class outside of, I think the jury's out with Forsyth. We'll kind of see what happens there. Everybody else is going to play. Everybody else, you're going to see them active on game days. That's That's the biggest thing, I think, for me from this class of why I enjoy it. And ultimately, if, you know, two, three, four of these guys are playing down the road, significant roles, right? Because I always think we get so caught up in what are they going to do right now? Well, hey, they're going to be rookies in the NFL. There's a learning curve that is associated with going from the college game. Like you could be really great at the college game, but there is an adjustment to the speed of the NFL, the schemes, the structure of what you have to go through as an NFL player. Everything changes. It, you know, it takes time to adjust to and I think environment is important. And I honestly feel very good about the environment in which these players are coming into. We'll find out a little bit more. I mean, there's going to be a rookie mini camp here in two weeks. It's going to contain even some veteran free agents out there, essentially tryouts with that. So there's going to be a lot riding on really how the transition is going here for the Broncos under Sean Payton. But I tell you what, I, I came away from this whole entire draft process with the thought in mind, these guys are are very, very in tune with one another. To the point, even on the J.L. Skinner, that Sean Payton said, that, hey, me and George, we're, we're attached at the hip about this guy in terms of how often we're watching film on him. To me, that excites me because these guys have a love for scouting. They really do their homework. And then, you know, you combine what they're seeing with what the scouts are saying, and it all says, hey, this makes us feel more confident about this pick. And look, ultimate measure, these guys got to get on the football field. We have to see them play May not be this year. Some of these guys, you know, we may see it two, three years down the road, but it's can they step into a role when their time and when their number and jersey is called upon? That's the ultimate measure that I think we have to look at here in Broncos country. We can't grade it all today. We can say we feel good about it. We can say we feel bad about it. But until we see results, and not just results in week one, not just results through the first 10 weeks of the season, got to give it a year or two to really evaluate these guys and, and kind of really apply, I think, a fair filter to what we're going to talk about here with this show in Broncos country. We're excited for you to join us along on this journey. If you're an everyday listener, you know what you get every single day here, Lockdown Broncos. But if you're a brand new listener of the show and you've just now found Lockdown Broncos, thank you for tuning in. If you love this show, make sure you subscribe or you follow for free in your favorite podcasting provider or wherever you get your podcast because we bring you daily objective Denver Broncos news content coverage and more. I go to every practice, I go to every game, I go to events like the NFL Draft, press conferences. You're going to get up-to-date information about the Broncos without clickbait, without hot takes. Sarah and I, we like to break it down and be very level-headed. We couldn't do it without you, Broncos country. So thank you so much for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. And we're going to continue our conversation on today's episode of the show. Real quick, we want to tell you about the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast hosted by the Draft Dudes. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino have done a great job building up through the NFL draft about prospects and how to build a team. But get their thoughts this week on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on your favorite podcasting provider or on YouTube and get insight as to what they think, which teams did the best in the NFL draft from a team building standpoint. You get that here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. With the 2023 NFL draft officially over, 
Where do the Broncos stand in totality with the draft picks? We're going to take a look at the recap from rounds two, three, five, you know, and however many rounds that they, they didn't engage in. Obviously, rounds one and two, we're going to completely ignore round five. They didn't have a pick. Round six and round seven, they did. But, you know, Sarah, let's go through right here and recap here. Obviously, Denver's first day of the draft, we did an episode on that. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, wait, I didn't get to hear their thoughts about Marvin Mims. Make sure you go check out the more recent episode, Lockdown Broncos. Prior to this one, we have you covered on every detail there. Marvin Mims in round two, you trade up. You know the dynamic he's going to bring for you potentially as a wide receiver, either on the outside or on the inside, also on special teams in the return department. A guy who has a lot of flash in him to be a very special player. We're excited about it as well. You look at Drew Sanders in round three. As you mentioned, positionless defense, a guy who could do a little bit of everything with his range, his athleticism, and his discipline. I mean, this is a guy who eats a very, very strict diet to stay in shape, to keep his body right. That right there is impressive. That's a hard thing to do for so many people. And then you have Riley Moss, cornerback out of Iowa, who we talked about as well. And then you close out the final day of the NFL draft, J.L. Skinner at the safety position from Boise State. You go and you get uh, uh, Adam Troutman for in a trade with the New Orleans Saints. And then you go and you get Alex Forsythe in round number seven to give you some center depth, the guy who's going to come in and compete overall. How are we feeling about this draft? Like, I, I feel like it's like a, an album, right? You know, an album from maybe your favorite artist drops and you listen to the track one. You're like, okay, hey, this is good. I, I, I'm into it. You listen to a, you know, a couple of other tracks, you're like, you know what, this one might be a grower, right? You know, I got to listen to this a few more times to see if I'm okay with it. And, and then, you know, you get to the back and you're like, you know what, these are some damn good hits right here. We're excited to see. So I made the analogy there. How are you feeling overall about the entirety of the NFL draft? I feel like this is a pretty good first draft for the Broncos at the position they were in with third round picks and, you know, everything on the back end there. This, in my opinion, I don't think it could have gone better. Cody, you're speaking my language, talking about this like it's an album from your favorite music artist. When I first listened to the Justin Bieber Changes album, I was like, what is this guy doing? Is this R&B? What is this Justin Bieber? Give me the pop, Justin Bieber. <laughs> I keep listening to the album, Cody. I was just listening to Changes out of my back deck right before we started this podcast. Every single track is an A-track, baby. Go and listen to the Justin Bieber Changes podcast a draft without a first or second round pick, well, until the very end of the second round, that is, it may take a few listens through, like you mentioned. You may even like the first track, but after you go through and you look at these picks, you're like, oh, the Broncos didn't have, you know, they didn't have a first rounder. They didn't pick till 63 overall. They only had, they only had five real draft picks, and then you get Troutman in the trade. But you go back and you look at all these picks. You look at the value. You listen to what smart people in the NFL draft community are saying about these guys. You look at the Broncos roster and all of a sudden you're kind of like, hmm, I kind of like that track right there. I kind of like I kind of like track number four. I kind of like Riley Moss and his fit in this defense. And you kind of you look at it from that perspective and, and you start to dream about what these guys can do. Look at the experience that they have. Look at what you know, the Daniel Jeremiah's, the Dane Bruglers of the world, the Lance Zierlein of NFL.com. Look at what those guys who watch a ton of film, who evaluate every prospect, look at what they are saying about these guys and about what they can do as they project to the next level. Because I'm in the same boat as you. I kind of feel like the more I, the more the drafts went along, the more I liked the complete picture. Like you see Marvin Mims pop up for the first pick and you're like, well, that's pretty cool. I, I was I, I love wide receivers. I, I love playmakers. The Broncos need somebody who can be a deep threat. Then you pair it up with 
the the Sanders pick at right after that. And kind of like, huh, I don't really know about if I wanted a linebacker on this team, but he's kind of an interesting guy, a six five kind of hybrid pass rusher, special teams guy. You add Riley Moss, you add, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. JL Skinner, Alex Forsythe, Adam Trotman, the whole picture comes together. And you're kind of like, dang, uh, there's not, I don't really want to skip any tracks on this. Oh, I like these songs. I like these picks. That's where I'm at, Cody, with this whole draft class. You don't have a first rounder. You don't pick till 63. I kind of feel like it takes the pressure off in a way for the Broncos to say, hey, the pressure's on Russell Wilson. The pressure is on Sean Payton. These draft picks get to come in, relatively speaking, right? They get to come in with a little bit less pressure on their shoulders so as to say, hey, you can come in, be who you are. You can come in and play. You're not a first-round pick. You're barely a second-round pick, right, for, for Marvin Mims' case. That gives these guys the freedom to come in and, and just play, just play ball without the, the huge expectations heaped on their back. And, and I think so much of the expectations, yeah, and look, I think us in media times, sometimes we do prop guys up and hype them up to a certain extent to where sometimes the expectations in the eyes of the fans are massive. But I do think we have to be realistic here with all of these guys, maybe with the, the exception of Troutman, who I think you know is a guy that Sean Payton already trusts and has you know, really good feelings about. And then I also kind of liked how Sean Payne said, Hey, look, you know, obviously like there's these guys that I've had previous ties to, but it's not just because, you know, these guys know what I want culture wise. He's like, I truly believe that these guys can help us become the team that we need to be. And it's not because of who they were with the new Orleans saints. It's because there's familiarity. You know, you have, you remove a lot of the guesswork with it because you've already scouted some of these guys before, you know what they can do. Well, you know what they can do even better. And you want to develop that. To me, that goes to show that the, the Broncos' brain trust here uh, of Sean Payton and George Payton really attached at the hip here and, and factoring in. And, and look, that's the thing I like. It's not just these two guys saying, okay, hey, we're going to make the final decision, but it's collaborative. They're welcoming in the scouts. They're welcoming in the position coaches. They're having these active conversations months leading up to the NFL draft, months leading up to free agency, and they're evaluating everything because I, I think one thing we've seen, I've seen some comments on our YouTube, and, and it's fine, and I understand it. Some Broncos fans are frustrated. That is your right to feel frustrated. But let's let's kind of bring some logic to maybe the frustration here. Each and every one of these picks that Denver has made, they have to come out and they have to compete. It's not like they're just being handed things to them. And guys that we thought were going to be difference makers may not be difference makers, right? Or guys we didn't suspect to become really, really big players could evolve into that. It's just about letting things play out. And and I know that we live in a time where we're all impatient. I'm impatient, Sarah. You know, Greg Penner is impatient at times. You just got to let the process play out. We can't really evaluate anything until the season actually begins. Games are happening. You're not going to get too much from training camp because it's not necessarily real football to the point where you're going against somebody else. And, hey, these guys are trying to beat us and we need to do whatever we can to make sure they don't. And if that means hitting them as hard as we can, that's what we're going to do. You can't do that to your own teammates in camp. So it's just kind of like, hey, pump the brakes a little bit. Let's see how things play out and come into it with maybe just the thought process that it's going to take some time. Denver didn't have a first or initial second round pick before trading up. You have to evaluate me where this team is at. And it's not just a, you made this move for this year. It's long-term. And when I look at all these moves, this is beyond just 2023. And I think that sometimes gets lost in the perspective of everything. 
It does, Cody, and uh, you you can't know the future, right? We can't uh, we we can't I did, absolutely I'd play the say and I'd retire. Uh, yeah, hey, I would too. I absolutely, I'd I'd probably live my life quite a bit differently if I could know the future. But when it comes to the Denver Broncos, that's why uh, and and any NFL team, right? That's why Sean Payton he's looking forward to the the draft grade day. Right. Because it's all subjective. It's all just like, well, why would you give this a good grade or why would you give this a bad grade? You don't know how these guys are going to play. You have no idea what's going to end up happening. Like I mentioned in last night's episode, you look at that 2019 draft. Everybody's feeling like, man, the Broncos, they went after, you know, a ton of guys that can help their team right away. And they got so much value. But it's just it, it doesn't always work out. And the fact of the matter is the biggest pieces of this Broncos draft class, we haven't even mentioned them this whole weekend, hardly Cody, other than to say, you know, what they're, what they're saying about the picks, but Sean Payton and, and Russell Wilson, right? Those guys and their impact on the Denver Broncos. That's what the, the, the prime, the primary investment for this team in the 2022 and 2023 NFL draft is Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, those two guys and the way that they're able to come together and work together this year, well, we how much have we talked about George Payton and Sean Payton working together, Cody? We need to so after the draft. Now that it's over, we're going to spend a lot of the offseason talking about that marriage between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson because that is the key to the Broncos getting back on top or you know even relevant in the AFC, much less the NFL. They need those two guys to work well together, and if they do, the, nobody's going to care what they traded to move up for Riley Moss. Nobody's going to care that they moved up into the round two to take Marvin Mims when, you know, such and such was still on the board. Nobody's going to care when the Broncos start winning games again, Cody, it's, it it starts with Russ and it starts with Sean Payton and not necessarily in that order. Those two guys have to come together. And that's what this draft, that's what the Broncos spent their, their primary picks on, right? They spent two first rounders, three first rounders on, on those two guys, as well as two second rounders in this this draft and the last. So that's what it's going to come down to ultimately, not necessarily even the guys that the team picked. One, if you're an everyday listener of the Broncos, these are some things that you can look forward to as we get closer to mini camp. There's going to be mandatory mini camp in June, and there's going to be rookie mini camp here in a couple weeks. We'll have you covered with storylines after the NFL draft. We'll build up to training camp as well. Training camp position previews. If you're an everyday listener, these are things you can expect here every single day coming up until we get to the season where you'll have complete coverage every day of everything happening in Dove Valley. Lockdown Broncos is the place to be. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for making the show what it is, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Sarah and myself will be back for tomorrow's episode of the show where we will discuss the undrafted rookie free agents that the Broncos put together to finalize and kind of shape out little bits and pieces of their roster. You'll get that on tomorrow's episode of the show.